0: The following program is intended for mature audiences.
1: It's something about a girl
2: that just makes my hair on a twirl. Oh, hell no!
3: But do it my way.
0: All of Grandpa's Musical Grandkids Welcome to Grandpa's Playlist So take a seat up on Grandpa's knee While Grandpa teaches you all about music One artist and one album at a time Now, to a man that needs no introduction Here's the man The myth The Legend, Grandpa!
3: yeah how's everybody doing how did you enjoy tommy if that's the one that played last week this could be a rerun and this could be like september of 2024 so who knows what you heard last week but if you're following along live well not live but following along all the episodes then you would know excuse me last week i did tommy but that's neither here nor there. Hello everyone, Grandpa the Nerd here and welcome to Grandpa's playlist. And you know what I do here, so I don't have to explain that to you. Um, but just in case you're new, I like to take albums. This is the show. I have another show, but this is the show where I like to do albums and I play the entire album in its entirety and I discuss it. Sometimes I rant like a raving lunatic. But sometime, and then I also give tidbits of information. So, what do I have for you now? I have a classic album. An album that I love through and through. Through and through. This is Skid Row's self-titled debut album, Skid Row. It was released January 24th, 1989. So, not as old as me, but old nonetheless. It was recorded in Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, which is just around the corner from where I live. Cool, huh? Not really. It peaked at number six in the Billboard's Top 200. It was certified five times platinum by the I, the RIAA, and fuck those guys, by the way, in 1995. Now, reviews were all over the place, from great album, great debut album, to highly unoriginal, to not sexist enough, etc., etc. Look, we'll get into all that stuff later, but I think this is a superb album to make your debut I still say it's their best album, even though I'm Slave to the Grind, that was a good one. I still think that this one is their best, but that's just me. I can be a music snob sometimes, so there's that. So don't take everything I say to heart, but don't dismiss it either. You be the judge, and let's kick things off with the very first track, Big Guns. All right, well, that was the first track, Big Guns. Great way to start it out. I felt this song just oozed, in, me, in, my, in my opinion, it, it, it oozed enthusiasm. It was, like, good. It was loud. Just this, look, this album's great. And if you don't agree with me after this is over with, then I don't know what's wrong with you. Now, when I was talking about reviews being all over the place, later reviews are generally more positive, often citing the success of of the album due to Bach's vocals, charisma, and performances. Because we all know Sebastian Bach has gone on to do Broadway. He had a nice role that I thought was legendary in Trailer Park Boys. Oh, I love me some bubbles. I just love that show altogether. I tr- I try and watch it maybe even sometimes twice a year. I just love Trailer Park Boys. It's just awesome. Um, they toured for the album being the opening act for Bon Jovi's New Jersey tour. They went on tour with Aerosmith for the Pump Tour for a year after the New Jersey tour. Now, here's my problem. I don't feel they're in the same... Going out with Bon Jovi, I get it, since they kind of found the boys, but it just... If you go by back then, it was like... Skid Row was hard rock. So was Bon Jovi, but they were different. We didn't have the hair thing yet. And it was a little different. As much as I like Bon Jovi's New Jersey album, it's like total black and white, I think, with Skid Row. But that's just me. Going out with Aerosmith, I that one I don't agree with. I don't think old school Aerosmith fans were gonna be so much into Skid Row. But I could be wrong. Like I said, I didn't go to school. I'm not an expert. I'm just going by my own tastes and my own my own, my own taste, um, I think it made more sense to go out with Bon Jovi than it did to go out with Aerosmith, but, eh, I digress, I guess, um, but I saw them, because I went and saw New Jersey, the Bon Jovi, so, you know, I got to see Skid Row live, and it was really good, and I'm glad I did, because I haven't seen them live since, so, there's that, but at least I did get to see them, I wouldn't want to go see him now. Like I said, sometimes I can be a music snob. I mean, I did listen... To, I did play last week on the Sideshow off something off St. Anger, and it wasn't... It's I gotta listen to it again, you know what I'm saying? I, got, I gotta listen to it again. But, um, it's not... See, I already lost my train of thought. Um, the, uh, Skid Row, um, it was a little different. It's it just, it just... It, it. I liked it. I, I there's... I watched... I preferred them, but I went to see Bon Jovi, but like I said, I totally forgot where I was going with that, but, um, I don't like, oh yeah, being a music snob, thank you nobody for reminding me, because nobody's here, I'm not trying to be an asshole or anything, I mean, I'm already an asshole, but anyway, see, now I've lost my train of thought again, um, jeez, this Alzheimer's is kicking me in the balls today, but I gotta get through it, I gotta get through it, um, Shit, I'm just going to play the next song. Then maybe maybe it'll hit me what I was going to talk about, and I will talk about it. Because I don't know where I was going with this. But I want to have this in prosperity. I still want to do my shows, but it'll show my decline, and eventually I'll stop doing it. When I'm umming for like 20 minutes, and you guys are like, what the hell happened to him? Then, you know. But I want to save all of my... You know, I still want to do this. I can't just stop. I just can't stop. So, but them going... Oh yeah, I'm a music snob. So I don't like the new singer from Skid Row. I don't I don't care for him. I it's it's Sebastian. You know, I don't I liked Motley Crue when Karabi came. I was okay with that album. It was really good. Karabi had a good voice. I was okay with Ripper and Judas Priest, but it just, just for some reason I cannot wrap my head around Skid Row without Sebastian Bach, I don't know why, so if you can call me a snob, I'm not a hypocrite, you know, I'll call people names, I'll call people out, but I'll call myself out, so I am being a hypocrite, you know, because I was okay with it with the other bands, but here it is, Skid Row, and I'm like, I don't even want, because I haven't even listened, I mean, I've heard it, you know, saw their videos, but I just don't care for Skid Row. Without Sebastian. So it makes me a snob, but at least I can call myself. You need to be able to call yourself out these days. Instead of sitting around calling everybody else out, call yourself out. Then you can have a right to call other people out, but you gotta admit your mistakes. And yeah, it's wrong of me to not give them a try, and I admit that, but I just, there's something, I just can't do it. I just cannot do it. So that being said, now that I usually like to play two songs in a row, so you don't really gotta listen to me too much, but there's 11 tracks on this album. So I played the first one, now there's ten, so now I'm going to play two for you. Um, So here's track two, which is Sweet Little Sister, followed by track three, which is Can't Stand the Heartache. So check them out. Well, that was track two, Sweet Little Sister. Followed by track three, Can't Stand the Heartache. Once again, still good songs. I'm going to have to do this one on the music moment, I think. But but that's not this show. Now, in December of 1989, at the show in Springfield, Mass., a fan threw a bottle on stage. Bot got pissed and threw it back. You know, pulling an Axl Rose. And uh, he accidentally hit a 17-year-old girl in the face. And I snicker... Because, not because she got hit, but because, obviously, Duke can't aim. Um, he was arrested and released on $10,000 bond and received three years probation. But at least he didn't jump down and start beating on anybody. He just threw the bottle back. Probably all the lights and stuff he couldn't see. Now, I'm not making excuses. He should have just said, you know, fuck you and, you know, whoever threw that, come up here, I whoop his ass. Instead of blindly in the dark, you know, with your face blinded, throwing a bottle in. But that's neither here nor there. At another show in 1990, this one didn't do very well. Um, Bach wore a shirt that said, AIDS kills fags dead. Bach said he put it on after a fan threw it on stage, but regretted wearing it because he doesn't support homophobia. That was probably not a smart thing to do, but the good news is if there's any good news out of this, which, you know, let's be politically correct, he shouldn't have put it on or once he saw what it says, he should have took it off. But, it was also 1990, everybody wasn't so sensitive, and would have been like, dude, I can't believe he put that shirt on, you know, it was funny, but he shouldn't have done it, or what? whatever the thing was back then. It wouldn't have gone, he didn't get cancelled, is what I'm trying to say. People looked at it, saw what he did, shame on you, and then moved along, where now he would have been Twitter ostracized, Facebook ostracized. Cancel! Don't support his sponsors. Don't burn. Go out and burn their albums. It would have been a big mess. We we would never have seen Skid Row ever again, or at least Sebastian Bach. So, at least if you're going to pull a, a an oops, an oops moment in the '90s is a lot better than an oops moment now. I know we can all agree on that. But uh, at least he doesn't support homophobia. This this old crabby guy doesn't either. I'm not big on the pronouns. Okay, I'm not gonna. Indulge you in your pronouns if I have to start throwing pronouns at you I'm just not gonna to talk to you, but I'm okay with you being gay I'm okay with you wearing a dress or a skirt, but just don't throw them pronouns at me. Please. Don't throw them pronouns at me Oh my god, I can't stand it All right, so what's next is track four, a piece of me and track 5 18 in life Now there's a little bit tidbit of information about 18 in life, but you know what? I'm gonna wait until the tracks play and then I'll come back and tell you a little tidbit of information my wife found out about 18 in Life. And my wife gets this information to the same place from everybody else. The only difference is I'm giving it to you in little chunks and I'm mixed in with the music. Most people, nobody ever sits around and is like, yeah, I love that Skid Row album. Yeah, it's my favorite. Or, yeah, I like some Skid Row. But go read their wiki pages and go on the internet and research it. They go to Spotify, listen to the album, and move on. So it's not like I'm, I'm not in the know. It's not like we know people, you know, and I got all this exclusive scoops and I... No, it's just the internet. We got it off the internet. But I, we put it... My wife puts it together so I can give it to you. So anyway, here is Peace of Me and then 18 in Life. 18 life i do believe that was their first hit i don't know the wife didn't put it in there maybe she did let me read let me read you the tidbit of information about 18 life biggest hit reached number four on billboard's hot 100 and number 11 on billboard's album rock tracks chart dave sabo one of the songwriters states that the original inspiration for this song was his brother rick's life after coming home from vietnam The writing process, however, ended up making it about an accidental murder. Eh, I'm trying to sit and think about how it would have sounded about coming back from Vietnam, but I really can't because the song is so ingrained in me. I don't see it any other way. But, hey, it's a fucking good song. And it's one of those kind of... It's not a ballad, but it has a ballad feel, but it's not a ballad. Like, later on, when we get to I Remember You, that's more of a ballad. What we used to... Well, what, what was used to be referred to as a power ballad. 18 in Life, to me, wasn't a power ballad. It was just a softer... Softer... ver. You know, just a softer... ver. You know, it could have been heavier and harder, but it wasn't... Because of the... Because of the what... Obviously, it's not a ballad because of what it's singing about. You know, the lyrics... I mean, that would be an awful you know that would be some that would be some kind of uh terrible uh, uh ballad if you ask me about you know an accidental murder like
2: yeah, how do you make a ballad out of that
3: i mean cannibal corpse probably could figure it out but yeah, not not skid row so i don't consider it a ballad but i remember you that one is definitely a power ballad now, i'm not the biggest ballad person some bands do ballads and i really dig them and some i don't like, I like Remember You. Beth from Kiss, I like. But there's some out there. I can't think of them on the top, off the top of my head, but if, if we ever get an album that I do and there's a ballad on there I'm not a big fan of, I'll let you know. <sighs> I don't hate them all, but it's not like, you know, I go out of my way to make a mixtape. You know, back in the day, I didn't make a mixtape and call it my power ballads, you know. So, you know, I didn't do that shit. But anyway, now I wanted to apologize for earlier when I lost my train of thought, but for new people who aren't, new or for people who are new i do have alzheimer's dementia and it's slowly eating away at my brain and with the medications and whatnot sometimes i lose myself in thought um but when i do my video shows like neighbors talking shit or you know when i did i, I, I was on backwoods horror when there's other people around it kind of helps me keep going but i tend to Lose my train of thought. I do it on Grandpa's Music Sideshow also. Good news about that is I usually play like three songs in a row so I can gather my thoughts. We're here, it's a little bit more, you know. And I don't want to be that guy that records little pieces and edits it together. You know, like when you're watching a YouTube video, you're like, dude, this guy had like 20 cuts in this 10 minute video. What was he doing? Spanking his monkey or something? Like, dude, how am I. I like to one and done it. If I mess up, I start all the way over. I'm not into. Let me cut this part out. This is just, just you know, keep it going. But like I said, I do this because I enjoy it. Even if no one's listening, I do it because I enjoy it. It helps keep my brain going instead of just sitting around staring out a window. Because sometimes I just stare out the damn window and stare at completely nothing. I drove my wife nuts the other day. I spent you know three hours just staring out the window. But that's what happens when you got Alzheimer's. But so sometimes it's going to be you know. But I wanted to apologize because it's rude of me, but i just I just don't want to stop doing this, plus like I said, it's prosperity you know my great grandkids can one day know a little bit about what their grand- great grandfather did, and you know they could go on YouTube and look at my videos they could you know they can my wife can pull out the or my daughter can pull out the hard drive and say this was your grandpa's shows." you know hook it into the computer probably be like USB 10.75 and it'll take her 2 hours to listen you know br- you know load up the hard drive but it, at least I'm there and it's you know in it's if it's forever as long as the hard drive lasts but the stuff on the internet they can go to as long as you know the internet's still around but cuz you can't you can't really connect with people once they're gone and people will look at pictures and be like, oh, yeah, your grandfather, your great-grandfather, your great-great-grandfather. They used to do this, this, and this, and you're like, I wish I had known them. But in this day and age, you can get to know somebody by what's So that's why I still do this. Um, but anyway, so that was A Piece of Me in 18, eight, 18 in Life. Um, I hope you're enjoying this album so far. It's a great... Like I said, it's a great album. Every single one of these songs, not every single one of them charted, but I, I dare you to find anybody my age who doesn't know every single song on this album because it totally rocked its ass off. Um, and okay, say so a metalhead my age. You know, people who like Skid Row probably won't admit it, you know, because they had their Slayer wash shirt on, but they knew these songs. They just didn't want to tell anybody. Just like me, you know, I didn't tell anybody back in the day that I liked ABBA, because they would have been like, you're such a fag, dude. And you didn't want to be a fag. So you would be like, no, man, I don't listen to that disco shit, but I did. And I still do. But I love my metal. My heart is with the metal. My heart and soul. Okay, my heart and soul and everything involved with that is monkeys, but... My heart and soul, for the most part, is also in metal. Just, the monkeys stand above everybody else, and I can't explain why, and I've always tried to figure it out, and I don't know. So anyway, let's get on to the next ones. This is probably going to be my shortest episode. I usually go an hour and a half. It's only been 36 minutes. Basically halfway through the album. It's just a short album. But don't worry. Next week's Pink Floyd's The Wall. That that, that right there is going to take a while, because the album was a double album, so that's going to take a while, so... Hopefully, hopefully you guys enjoy that one. But anyway, let's check out track six, which is Rattlesnake Shake, followed by track seven, Youth Gone Wild. (laughs) ¶¶ I might have hit, unclicked the mute button too soon. If it is, oh well, it was only a brief second. Um, So that was Rattlesnake Shake, followed by Youth Gone Wild. And I got a little tidbit of information here about Youth Gone Wild from The Wife. It was the first single. It got heavy airplay on MTV. And now that I am looking back with my eyes closed. Um, yes, I do recall it was on all the time. But it only got to number 99 on the Billboard's Hot 100. But it made it. But 18 in Life obviously did because well like I said it was a it was a what's the word I'm looking for it wasn't a power ballad but it was a little bit of a softer song now uh, this uh, what was I going to say when I went and saw them live it was amazing. They did it. They did an amazing job live. They didn't put on a better show than Bon Jovi. I gotta say that right now. They didn't they didn't put on a better show than Bon Jovi, but they were new. I bet you if they went out now, they put on a spectacular show, but I'll never know because I won't go see them without Sebastian. Eh, Sebastian. Um so I won't go see them, but I'm sure they would have put on a, you know, maybe for Slave to the Grind or whatnot. I didn't see those tours so maybe they did put on, but they were, first time out, so, Bon Jovi did put on a way better show, but it was their show, you know, they got the shine, it was it was their gig, you know, but, uh, I also saw, you know, Cinderella open for Bon Jovi at one time, and, I, now, I like Cinderella, I think even in the early stages, Cinderella did, for Night Songs, did put on a better show than Skid Row did, but, I'm not trying to take anything away from Skid Row, it's just, I don't know, maybe they have jitters, I don't know, but Bon Jovi did definitely, definitely put on a better show, but like I said, it was weird, because I was digging all the Skid Row stuff, obviously, and then I'm not, I don't like every single, like this album here, I like every single fucking song on this album, every single one, and there's Bon Jovi songs I don't like, I just, there's songs I don't like, like, I can't stand, Lay your hands on me. Lay your hands on me. Because I went to a concert that my daughter's choir did in junior high, and watching a bunch of junior high school kids sing Lay Your Hands on Me disturbed me a little bit. So, there's some Bon Jovi songs I just don't like. All right. But, you know, but for some reason, the Skid Row, every single one of them, there's a lot of bands out there that I don't like, I don't hate on them for it. But there's bands out there that I don't like every single song on the album. There's, you know, I've, there's some rush where it's like, oh, I don't like that song. Not at all. But I still love the album, but I just don't like that song. Same with Bon Jovi. But Skid Row, every single song on this album is solid to me. Solid. I love them all. Just like Night Songs. I love them all. You know, Danzig's first album. I love them all. You know, it just depends on the album. Some of them. And for me, I've, I've brought this up before. For me, it's about flow. It's about flow, and I'm gonna play the next two songs, and then I'll explain to you because I brought it up before on the music moment what I mean by when I say flow. So here, let's let's play track eight, which is "Here I Am," followed by track nine, "Making a Mess," and then I'll explain to you guys what I mean about album flow for me, for my personal taste. So here you go. Alright, well that was Here I Am, followed by Making a Mess, track 8 and track 9. Now, I don't know if you guys remember, I remember, because I wanted it, but Rachel Boland had an earring and a nose ring, and he had a chain that went from his earring to his nose ring. I always wanted one of those. I just thought it looked cool. I don't know why, but I thought it looked cool. A lot of people thought, that's stupid, and then eventually he stopped using it. But I saw here the other day in an article that he brought it back. I was like, cool, he brought it back. Awesome. Still won't listen to him because there's no Sebastian. But I uh, thought it was cool that he brought it back. Because it was cool back then, man. Just like with Cinderella. Remember when Cinderella is going to be hard to explain for people who don't know. But they used to take the guitar and throw it over their shoulder and spin it around their body. You know, from the strap from the front to the back, back to the front. Just look up. Just watch, just watch uh, a, uh, a Twisted Sister video, and they would do that. And I just thought that was so fucking cool. I never did it, you know. I don't know how to play guitar, but my dad had a bunch of guitars, and I would fool around with them. And I bought some tab sheets. I, I could do a little bit of stuff, and you know, I could play the opening to. Uh, I could open the, play the opening to, uh, you know, Guns N' Roses' uh, "Sweet Child of Mine." There was other stuff I could play. I could play the Twilight Zone theme. I could play some Beatles stuff, but I had tab, I can read tab, I know how, I know how to read tab, so I could play a guitar, but with the arthritis, and I couldn't shred, let's be honest, I couldn't, okay, I can't play guitar, even though I could tab some songs, I'm not gonna sit here and try to make myself look better than I am, I can't play guitar, I can do a few things, but I can't play guitar, but they used to throw them around, and I would, you know, you know, be a kid, and Lip syncing in your dad, and lip syncing in your room with the with the guitar, trying to figure it out, and like I want to swing it around me, but I was like, damn, it'll go right out. The it's gonna fall right off the come right off the strap, go right out the window. And I'm gonna get my ass handed to me. So I never tried it. So I don't know how they did that, but I thought it was cool. And then ZZ Top had their thing where they had that they would spin their guitars in the front in the vi- in the videos, and everybody had their little gimmick. Skid Rose was, you know, from his ear to his nose. So I just always liked that. always wanted to do it. But I kept hearing stuff from people. Now, I don't know if it's a myth, a legend, what have you. But I was always told, if you get a nose ring, over time, you will become cross-eyed because your eyes are going to want to look... your one eye or both are always going to want to look at it. So, I don't know. If anybody out there has had a nose ring in their nose since, you know, the 80s, let me know if it was a myth. Or tell me you're cross-eyed like a motherfucker and you wish you hadn't got one. Could Go either way here. But it scared me enough. Like, we didn't have the internet back then. We didn't have any way to look. If your parents told you an old wives' tale, you were fucking gonna listen because you had no other, you know. I always thought I was gonna grow hair on my palms and go blind. Obviously, I'm fine. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. Um, But you believed everything you were told back then. Some people didn't. I didn't believe anything I was told that I could look up in an encyclopedia. Nowhere in an encyclopedia did it was you, you were you going to find you'd go cross-eyed or from a nose ring or you'd grow hair on your palms. You weren't going to find that in, in anything. So that you had to believe. That's why we believed all the rumors about Rod Stewart back in the day. But, you know, n- nowadays you tell a kid something, they're going, oh, I'm going to look it up on the internet. No, you're full of shit, Dad. So, but back then, totally different time. Totally different time. Um, I wish we had the internet back then, I'd have learned a lot, and maybe it wouldn't have gotten so much trouble in certain aspects, just saying. But, I've got sidetracked again. But, th- I, just, I hope everybody's enjoying this album, I, I, I really do. There's only two more tracks left, let me see here on the program, I've only been going for 57 minutes, so yeah, this is going to be a short one. But, hey, I'm not going to sit here and try to pad it and make it any longer, so... Uh, the last two tracks are Making a Mess and I Remember You. Now there's a like a whole paragraph and a half here about I Remember You, so I'm going to get started on reading it to you. So um, this was their third single. It reached number six in the Billboard Hot 100 and number 23 on the album Rock Tracks chart. The band had performed the song in numerous small clubs and bars, and women loved the power ballad. They didn't... They didn't want to be known as a chick band, so Bolin and Snake didn't really want the song on the album. Bach and the label saw the potential for the song and persuaded them to add it to the album. In a 2007 interview, Bach said, I Remember You was the number one prom song in the U.S. in 1990. The whole country did their prom dance to I Remember You in one year, and that's a real heavy memory to beat. So... Look, yes, it is very much a chick power ballad song. I'm not going to say it's not. I still like the song, so y'all can get bent. But it is straight up. Now, being known as a chick band, I never saw them as a chick band. Look, the girls loved the hair metal, okay? They teased their hair, they used whole cans of Aquanet, and they fucking looked hot as a motherfucker with their hair up and their makeup and their... Oh! 80s hair metal chicks were the hottest, and of course, that was the look that transcended into pornography. So when I was, you know, trying to make sure I didn't go blind and grow hair on my palms, they all looked like the metalhead girls, the hair metal girls. So it was like, oh, it was like heaven to me. Anyway, um, I never we I always considered chicks loved the hair metal. They would go in droves to these concerts. You didn't have to put a power ballad on there, and they would still go. So I never really ever considered them chick. Even all the girls went gaga over Bon Jovi. I never considered them a chick band. So I don't know what, you know, I don't know what those two guys were going on about, about being a chick band. Maybe it was something in the, L, in the L.A. scene. Remember, I grew up in Georgia, so I was a sheltered kid. You know what I mean? I thought fucking Robotech was an American cartoon for the longest time, you know, and so was Speed Racer and all this. So, so you have to remember, growing up in Georgia, I didn't get, you know, I got out. I went out in the woods on four-wheelers and fishing and hunting and stuff, but I didn't get out much, like, big city. So I didn't know what, you know, I didn't know, there was things I didn't know. I lived a sheltered life till I moved to Chicago. And I don't mean sheltered by my dad protecting me from stuff. No, it's just I didn't know a lot. I was naive, I would say. I was like Axel when he got off that bus in that video. But, because uh, she was from rural Indiana. Well, I was from rural Georgia. So, I never thought of it as a chick album. I just thought chicks dig it, you know. Groupies, rock stars, you know. I never considered Kiss a chick band. You know, I heard all the stories about Plaster Caster and, you know... Jimi hendrix and girls checking that out but you know never considered Jimi hendrix a chick you know his group a chick band so i don't know maybe like i said if anybody you know you could send me an email grandpa the nerd at rabbit red radio.com and let me know your thoughts but i don't i don't know what the other regions of the united states maybe in la they did have a chick band scene where they thought it was a chick band but where i grew up skid row was just like the rest of them chicks dig them but i didn't ever consider them Chick Pants so. so with that being said Let's get on with the last two songs um, Number 10 The one we were talking about I Remember You And the last one is called Midnight Slash Tornado So here you go well that was number 10 I Remember You followed by Midnight Slash Tornado I don't like to say Midnight Tornado for people who are maybe listening never heard the album or it's been a while since you've listened to the album and I don't want people to think the song is called Midnight Tornado it's Midnight Slash Tornado and Tornado's a little instrumental outro there but you know that now I know you're what you're thinking I know exactly what you're thinking hey dude are you really gonna leave and end this episode not tell us what you meant by album flow yes I absolutely, positively was going to. Until during the songs, I remembered I was going to say something about that. So you were saved by my memory. Which would have also doomed you if you wanted to know what I meant. Now what I mean by album flow. Depending, it, has, it depends, it depends on the band for the type of music it is. For how heavy or what not. Like an ABBA album. I know I always go to ABBA, but, but there's a reason for that. Because I like them and all. But you don't have to worry about a heavy opening to that album because, well, it's fucking ABBA. You know, Barry Manilow. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to go by the album. But for intensive purposes of this example of what I mean by flow, I'm just going to use just a, just your average band like Skid Row, a metal band, some, somebody heavy. I want that first track to reach out and punch me in the balls. I want that first track to grab me by the throat and throttle me like I stole money or owe it money. I want it to be heavy. I want it to... Because if I don't get hooked... Look, if I'm not hooked by the third song on the album, I'm not going to finish the album. You know, back in the day, if it didn't hit you on that first... why? That's why I feel... This is just opinion. Just all opinion. But this is why I feel, back in the day, all the good popular songs... Started, We're on the first side of the album Or were on the first side of the cassette Because if you didn't get drawn into that album You weren't turning that son of a bitch over You weren't You just would eject it and put something else in Nowadays there's no sides But it's still If I feel if an album doesn't grab you Okay, let me rephrase that Because I don't want to put my opinions on someone else If that album doesn't grab me By the third track I'm done with it I'm not going to listen to it anymore Like Black Acid Devil from danzig i just couldn't do it black as a devil uh, uh, oh black as a devil uh, uh." no i couldn't do it so i can't it so it's got to be strong and i think big gun sweet little sister can't stand the heartache they were good they were strong they were letting me know hey we are a rock band yeah 18 in life i remember you but they were telling me so i like my albums to come out strong and then you can sprinkle in some soft stuff or some softer stuff in the middle, but it's got to end strong. I think Midnight Tornado was perfect. You know, it it was a good song. The tornado part there at the end was awesome. So, you know, I would have put I Remember You above Making a Mess so you didn't go out with the Power ballad and then the but it doesn't matter. The album already hooked me. So, I like the way this album flows. Like I said, I would have moved I Remember You up and brought Making a Mess down but that's just me. I would love to produce an album, man. I think that would be cool or pick albums for soundtracks. I I love music so much. I think I sometimes I listen to songs and I'm like, "You know, this would be good in this kind of a scene." I just I just I'm a hu- I just love music so much. I'd love to produce albums. I'd love to, you know, maybe not produce it per se cuz I don't have a good ear for certain things. So, you know, like bringing up the bass or bringing. I'm not I can't do that. But I, I could, I, I, would love to put an album together. I'd love for someone to say, "Here, here's my songs. Put it together for me. Put it in a, put it in a play order. Put, you know, put it on, you know, in the order that people, you know, on the Put it in the album order. I'd love to do that. And like I said, I'd love to pick songs for TV shows and, and movies. I just think that would, I would, because ah. then I can listen to all. I listen to all sorts of music. I don't listen to R and B soul. There's some I know, but I'm not big into that. But like I like rap music and country music and classic rock and oldies from the 50s and 60s. So it's like my music tastes are so crazy. I would love to, you know, pick songs for for movies and TV shows, and I'd love to structure albums. Like, you know, you should put this here put that there. But because it's my opinion, though, you know. Like somebody else could be like, oh, I don't care how the album is. I listen to it. If I like it, I like it, you know. But for me, like I said, it's got to be that first... Those first three songs don't grab me. I'm not listening to the album. Now, obviously, this doesn't factor in for certain albums. Like, I don't have to, you know... I don't have to... What's the word I'm looking for? Um, Compilation albums don't count. Because you can put together a, a Greatest Hits album, and I can be like, eh... That first song is not one of my favorites, but it's okay. Because the album was specifically put together, let's just throw some hits on there. There's no flow to it, you know? I don't think there there needs to be any flow on those kind of albums because you're just going to pick what you want. It's just a collection. But when it's a standalone album, I always feel it's got to have good flow and those first three tracks got to grab me or I'm done with it. So there you go. There's my explanation of flow. I'll probably have to explain it later on down the road, but... I'm explaining it this time. So that was the 1989 release from Skid Row, their self-titled debut album, Skid Row. Um, I thought it. I think not thought. I think it's a still to this day is a strong album. I don't think move. I don't think music does like movies. I mean, it can't sit into old. You know, sh- hey sugar, do 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 oh honey honey. Like maybe it doesn't stand up like people would listen to it and go. ugh. But I think music stands up a lot better than movies and TV shows do. And I think Skid Row stands the test of time. I think, you know... You have Hair Nation and all this stuff, and it makes me wonder, you know, when all of us 80s you know, hair fanatics, hair band fans and all that die, will the music die with us? Or is there a young generation of Gen Zs and gens that are coming up who will latch on to this music? And if that's the case, then I feel Skid Row is the type of band that... You could latch on to, and that could help a new generation, even as much as I hate to say it, with like Bon Jovi and stuff like that. I think that's the kind of music that stands the test of time, even Metallica and all that, that people will gravitate to and be like, you know, that was pretty good. So I may be, you know, overstepping my bounds here, but I think Skid Row can stand the test of time. And I think Skid Row could actually keep hair metal going, that a younger generation would listen to this album and say, okay, this was really, really good. And I'm, I'm going to stand by that. I won't be alive to see it because I'm part of the generation that I'm talking about, you know, being dead. But, you know, I'd like to think as I'm while I'm alive that Skid Row could keep the torch of hair metal burning. Because there are some hair metal bands out there that I'm pretty sure are just going to be forgotten forever. And it's a shame, but it'll happen. So anyway, I'm glad you guys enjoyed it. Um, if you have anything to say, whether it be friendly or not friendly, cuss me out, do whatever I don't care. You can send it to Grandpa the nerd at RabbitAndRedRadio.com dot com and uh I will uh answer you in one way or another or ignore you. who knows, but I won't attack you attack you maybe a little, but not. I might agree with you. You could give me shit and be like, "You're an idiot and you're an asshole and you're stupid." And I might be like, "You know what? In this, what? In this, in this, uh, in this, uh, what you're talking about here on this point? You know what? You're right. I am stupid. I am an idiot. But I won't know unless you say something to me. So anyway, Grandpa the Nerd at RabbitandRedRadio.com, and also don't forget to check me out on Neighbors Talking Shit. It's every other Thursday with Murray, and then um, I will be on Backwoods Horror again, so you can check me out there. But uh, try to stay busy, keep this brand going, try to fight off this uh, Alzheimer's bullshit, and uh, that's that. So anyway, thank you for tuning in to Grandpa's Playlist. And until next time, keep rocking, love one another, and let's just stop fighting so much, please. We can all, you know, we don't all have to be right, but we don't all have to be wrong, and we don't have to freaking go attack each other because our beliefs are different. Let's find that common ground, my friend. Let's find that common ground and live peacefully. So, with that being said, I'll see you guys next time.
0: For listening to Grandpa's Playlist. Tune in next time for another great episode of Grandpa's Playlist. Begin the day with a friendly voice. Oh, and be sure to subscribe and share this show with your friends and family. Because if you don't, Grandpa will know. Believe me, he'll know.